Welcome to the Celsius Art Podcast, D&D special, the Strahdcast, the number one, the very first one I'm going to do. I was debating about whether or not to do just a whole D&D episode, um, but if you've listened to my other stuff, if you listen to the past episodes, I've talked about D&D in almost every one, and you know what, it's something I really love as much as art, as much as games, um, so I decided, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So this will be, this is, like I said, this is the very first one. I plan on doing more in the future. And uh, with this first one, it's going to be a little bit different. What I'm going to do is I'm going to first talk about what it's like to uh, try and get a D&D group together um, when you've never really played, what it's like to be a new person and stuff, um, how to find groups, how to get your character going, uh, websites that will help, um, how you can get your own custom minis, things like that. So, yeah, um, if you're someone that's already like done all that, you're not interested in that, after that I plan on talking about the sessions. Um, I only do the first session. That's what I talk about. It's a pretty quick session, and if you just want to skip all this, just fast forward like 10 minutes or so, and you can get right to the session. Uh, but if you're, like I said, if you're someone that's new, that really wants to get into it, kind of know what it's like to be into it, um, go ahead and just keep listening. And I'm going to play a little theme song just for fun. That's kind of just for me. And yeah, if you have any questions after the this episode, please feel free to go ahead and send them to me. You can find me on, on Instagram as Celsia Art or the Celsius Art Podcast. And yeah, thanks again for listening. So let's get to the music. Okay, this journey is going to be all about the whole process of going from a noob to someone that does regular sessions and how we are able to find a group, how we are able to find a DM, making our characters. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, in regards to my previous experience with Dungeons & Dragons, I played two or three sessions with my best friend and another friend where he was the DM. It was just the three of us, so we each had two characters, and that was pretty fun. I'm not sure why we stopped, uh, maybe because the, the sessions were a little long. It was like five to six hours apiece. We had jobs, we had little crap jobs, and then we were going to school, so it was a little tough. Um, flash, fast forward 10 years, and me and my buddies are really into board games, especially my buddy Angelo. Uh, he's he's like the guy they go to for board games. He's the one that, he loves board games as much as I do. Um, he's always telling me about the new stuff. He's the one that's teaching everybody new games. But we'd always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. The whole idea of it being, you know, this open-ended thing where you can do whatever you want. I mean, that is just better than anything we've ever played, obviously. And me, I'm a huge fan of sandbox games like Skyrim and GTA and anything that lets you do whatever you want. So, but so this is completely just above and beyond anything we've played, obviously, like in a game or board game. So we had to ask ourselves, how, you know, how do we get this started? So we had to find some other players. And thankfully, my other buddy Brent and his friend Derek were looking to play as well. They hadn't played. They were very interested in learning. So we did it. We found our group. Uh, we were fortunate that way. I know some people have trouble finding friends that are willing to take the plunge into D&D. It's, uh, it can be a little bit of a time sink. So from there, next came the hard part, which is finding a DM. And finding a DM kind of feels like... Finding a drummer when you're in a band, like in high school, like no one, it's very hard to find one of those guys, uh, especially a good one that's, that'll fit you guys. And so we went on Craigslist, we posted on there, which is scary. Um, we went on Facebook, we found some uh, Facebook pages that are like D&D group finders, and we posted on there, hey, we have four guys, 
totally new to the game. We're looking for a DM that's patient and was willing to teach us a little bit. And that is when we found Arturo. And we really lucked out. Uh, the guy is just amazing. He had just gotten into tabletop gaming himself, and he wanted to DM. He was really interested in that. And so we went ahead and you know kind of made arrangements and stuff, and um, Arturo told us about D&D Beyond, which is where we were able to make our characters, keep track of stats. And so that brings me to the next part, which was we had to make characters. And if you're uh, someone that's like me or my buddy Brent, um, we're both creative guys. We love making characters and backstories and stuff. So this was a blast. Now, when you make your character, there's a lot of options you can do. It depends on what kind of ga ga uh, player you want to be. Uh, me, personally, I'm not a fan of ma magic at all. I don't want to keep track of things. I don't want to worry about mana or whatever it is or who I'm praying to. That's not fun for me. Um, if I'm going to be going to be using some kind of power, I prefer it to be like the X-Men, where you just use it, you don't have to really keep track of things, you use it as much as you want without any real penalty. And with D&D, there was like, you know, there's certain times you can use it, certain, you have to, you have spell slots, and it just wasn't stuff I wanted to keep track of. So I made sure that my character was not any kind of magic user at all. Um, I basically took my old character from the first campaign and brought it to the new one. Uh, he is a half-elf. Um, he's a rogue, and basically if I could sum him up, I would say he's a mix of um, sort of like Deadpool in the sense that he's just got a, a shitty sense of humor, and um, Jack Sparrow, but without any, he doesn't deserve any of the respect that Jack Sparrow gets. And he's not renowned, he's just, he thinks he's bigger in his head than he actually is. And he's just very cocky, a typical rogue, a pain in the ass really. And uh, the other guys, Brent ended up making a um, a frost dragonborn, a paladin. So his character is lawful good. Um, I'll I'll go into that a little bit in a second. Uh, Derek ended up making a a I believe it's half elf or hell or an elf ranger, which is if you can imagine like Legolas, kind of like that. And uh, my buddy Angelo ended up making a tiefling, which is kind of like a demon looking guy, and he's a warlock. So he's able to you know do spells and whatnot. Um, and that brings me to, I mean, aside from race, different races give you different abilities. Um, d the way, the kind of character you are, whether it be rogue or paladin or ranger, all that also gives you different abilities. And what's cool is um, we made it on the D&D Beyond website, and that kind of helps you to, to um, keep track of your stats, to build your character, and explains everything as you're going through it. It's super easy to use. Um, if you're new to the game, I highly recommend it. It's really... It's really intuitive, and I mean, like, doing this, the stat buy is one of the things that we did. I mean, you could also roll for your stats, however you want to do it. Um, but if you're making a character, I would highly recommend using D&D Beyond. It's just easier, especially if you're a new person. Um, now, going back to alignments, uh, there's, there's two different factors you have to consider for your character. Number one is if they're good, neutral, or evil, and if they're lawful, neutral, or chaotic. Um, let's say, for example, someone that's lawful good. You might look at a character like, um, like Superman or Captain America. You know, guys that are just really by the book. You know, this is good. Everything's kind of black and white. And if you look at a character like Wolverine or Deadpool or Spawn, you could look at them as maybe chaotic good, uh, just because they're willing to use bad guy rules to get the job done if it's good for a good reason. Um, then there's lawful evil. Um, that's people who work within the confines of the law. Everything, again, is black and white to them, and you're either with them or against them. And then there's chaotic evil, 
which is more like they just do whatever the hell they want, whenever they want it, as long as it serves their purpose. They don't care who gets hurt. They don't care what gets burnt down. It doesn't matter to them. It's all about just, hey, sometimes it's just fun to do things, and I'm going to do it. Uh, Basically, I think of like Trevor or Carnage. Uh, Trevor from GTA V or like Carnage from Spider-Man. Just chaos, pure, pure chaos. And of course, there's neutral, which is in the middle, so... Like, if you're a neutral good, you're not someone that really goes and breaks rules, necessarily, but you're also not someone that sees everything as black and white. Um, So that's kind of how alignments work. And so from there, once we all built our characters and stuff, uh, we went ahead and some of us, we decided to do backstories. Backstories were kind of important, and Arturo had asked for them. So we all made our backstories. Brett made up a really cool one. Um, his was like his he his dragonborn comes from a clan high up in the mountains and stuff, and they're all about doing good. They're all about appeasing their god, and their god is a lawful good god. So, yeah, uh, he even made a cool backstory, like a, a little almost like a few chapters of what his character did. I tried to do the same thing, and I didn't really finish it. Um, but same thing, I made my character. I said where he was from, who his relationships are who his main enemy is and why he's there. And for my character, his whole thing is there's this girl in the village. Um, she's she's training to be a guard, and she likes my character. Um, but the character is just, you know, he just kind of does what he wants. He, he tries to help people as much as he can, but for the most part, he just has fun and gets drunk and stuff in the bar. And so she says, you know, that's not the kind of person I want. She says she doesn't want to be a guard forever, stuck in that town. At some point, she wants to go out and be an adventurer and go out and help people. And she's like, I can't be with someone that doesn't have any kind of ambition. And so he decides he's going to go ahead and go out on an adventure and prove to her, like, hey, I can be that person too. And his whole thing is he's actually descended from another, like, very big legendary hero. And whereas some of his relatives, you know, his uh, cousin's stuff have gone on to become heroes themselves, that's not his thing. And so he knows that her bow, his great-grandmother's bow, was lost, and so that's what he's going to get. That's his whole thing. And um, in the story I wrote, what happens is he ends up going to this guy that's kind of skeevy. He's kind of like a fence that sells stolen goods. He's like, oh, if you're looking for that, the guy you need to be talking about is over in this town, and his name is Nowhere, which is Angelo's character. And that's basically how it went. And so what ended up happening is as we're, as we're going to play, as we're getting ready to go and play, um, Arturo's like, okay, you guys got to figure out why you guys are together. And uh, Brent and Derek had said, oh, well, that's because our characters are we're looking for a relic. And I go, oh, well, I was looking for a relic too. It happened to be my bow. And Arturo's like, oh, okay, well, that works probably perfect. Uh, is there anything special about the bow? And I didn't want to be like, yeah, my bow's super cool. It gives me superpowers and I'm invincible. Like, I, no, I just was like, it's a regular bow. Everyone thought it had powers, but it's not. All that's on there is a little thing that's inscribed that says, Oh, whoever had it's not a, what is it? Something like, it's not about the bow, it's about who wields the bow. And that's the whole thing. Like, the bow is supposed to have all these legends attached to it, saying it does all these things, when it turns out it's just a regular bow that happened to be owned by someone who did extraordinary things. That was about it. So, that brings us to when we finally try to get together for a session. Um, we we try to figure out where, to, where was a good place. Um, some of the guys were talking about going to like a bar or something, and for me, I was like, that is blasphemy, you don't do that. With D&D, you're supposed to be at someone's house or somewhere comfortable, you bring snacks, you have Mountain Dew or something, there are certain rules, but, <laughs> um, obviously that's just me being a big nerdy jerk and stuff, um, 
and eventually we did uh, find a place. Uh, we were able to go to Arturo's apartment. He has like this clubhouse, which is very smart of him to be like, I'm going to go take these guys to the clubhouse, as opposed to being like, I'm going to take these guys I've never met, bring them into my house, and potentially get robbed. So very smart of Arturo because he didn't know us at the time. Um, and so we do our first session. So that brings us to the session portion. And yeah, I'm going to go talk about that right in a second. All right, so on to the campaign segment of this. Now, if you haven't played Curse of Strahd and you want to, this is going to be completely full of spoilers. I don't recommend it. I mean, unless you're a new player, you're interested, and you're going to be listening to this, um, I mean, you're, you're going to get spoiled. And if you're going to have a character, if I were you, I'd be like, oh, he's latently psychic. That's how he gets a bad feeling from this character or something. But, you know, definitely be upfront to let people know that you know certain things. Um but yeah, we're going to go into exactly what happened during the session. Uh, real quick, though, um, what we also did for some of our characters is some of us went on a, a website called Hero Forge where we went and basically created custom minis. Um, they were like 20 bucks. They were actually pretty good. And uh, my buddy Brent, he's the guy that paints everything. Now, um, as we get into the session, let me go and explain all the characters because, you know, you need to know who they are when I'm talking about them. My character's name is Strider. Super generic fantasy name. He's the rogue half-elf, and he's constantly saying things he shouldn't be, and he's pretty much getting the group into trouble constantly. It's not on purpose. I'm just really bad at rolling and don't know when to keep my mouth shut. My buddy Brent is the paladin dragonborn named Rorik. He's the frost dragonborn. He's the guy that's lawful good. Um, he's just a big badass guy that's, he's just, you know, he's out there to bring justice to the world. He's a Whenever you hear Rorik, just think of a big dragon dude. Uh, next up is Theron. He is a mix of if I could if I could explain you know describe him in a certain way, I would say Indiana Jones meets Legolas. The guy's really into history. He's really into archaeology, and that's kind of why I think he was going out for the relic. Next is Angelo's character, which is nowhere. That's the tiefling guy. He's like a demon-looking guy. He's got red skin. Um, he's a warlock. He's his whole thing is like his background is at one one point he believes he was human but he's not sure he's lost his memory he ended up he wound up in like some coastal city and no one really liked him or really wanted to know him and so he starts to help people by like solving mysteries and stuff he's kind of like a detective warlock it's i don't know i thought it was a really cool idea so those are the characters and the session starts out with all of our characters after finding this shitty bow that does nothing sitting around a campfire and arturo describing um, how all of a sudden, as we're you know sitting around talking about our, who we are to each other's characters, that there's this mist that comes up. And Arturo describes the mist as coming in and behaving almost like water. And the first thing I think is like, oh, well, f- crap, if it's acting like water, I'm going to hold my breath. And everyone kind of gives me a look like, really? You know, all right, that's fine. So I roll and I fail. And I end up accidentally breathing in some of this mist and knocking out. The other guys see this. Try to run away. Breathe in the mist, accidentally knock out, except for Theron, who manages to be smart and climb a tree. But slowly, like, no matter how high he climbs, the mist just keeps climbing more and more, and he keeps rolling and keeps being able to, like, not breathe in the mist until finally he fails. And boom. All of a sudden, our party wakes up, and we're in some woods we don't recognize. There's, again, mist everywhere, and we're trying to figure out where the hell to go. There's basically just one road leading up one way, and there's this big gate. 
And so we're all just walking, trying to figure out what's going on, and we hear wolves everywhere. And they're basically herding us towards this gate. And we're level one characters, so we're not going to go out and fight a bunch of wolves. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Rorik wanted to. But overall, it just was not a good idea. So we went, saw this nasty old-looking gate, and we're like, well, it's the only way to stay safe. And clearly, this is a trap, but uh, there's nowhere else to go. This is the only way we get the game started. So we walk through, gate locks, it's super high, we can't jump over it. And so we keep just proceeding through until we get uh, to this little village in Barovia. The place is completely empty. We don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, so we decided to split up, which, okay, there's a saying in the D&D community, which is never split the party. And that was a dumb thing to do. Thankfully, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the in the town at the moment. Um, so while Theron and Rourke are going around the village and stuff and trying to figure things out... Um, I spy a bar, and Norwood decides, like, hey, let's go. Let's go check out this bar. We go inside, and there's people in there, but they're not really reacting. Like, they've got no emotions whatsoever. And uh, Arturo describes them as simply that. They're very stoic, don't really react. Like, they don't even say hi, really, when we come in. They barely even acknowledge us. And so I go, okay, I want to see if I can make this guy laugh, see if he has a soul or something. And Arturo's like, oh, so, so you're going to tell a joke? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell a joke. Uh, I'm ready to roll for it. He's like, okay, tell a joke. I'm like, oh, damn, I have to tell a joke? Uh, so I had to think really quickly, like, okay, what's a joke I can make that's within the D&D, you know, universe? So I took an old blonde joke or something, and instead of blonde, it's a dragonborn. Well, I was like, all right, old guy goes into a bar. It's a dragonborn bar, and the dragonborn's everywhere, and he's blind. And he walks up to the bar, and he goes, hey, can I get a beer? And the dragonborn gives him a beer and stuff. He's like, hey. You want to hear a Dragonborn joke? And the guy, the bartender, looks at him and goes, Before you say that, I need you to know I'm a Dragonborn. There's three guys on the table behind you that are Dragonborns. And the bouncer that you walked past over there, he's a Dragonborn. So, are you sure you want to tell that joke? And the old man goes, Oh, hell no, not if I, if I have to explain it five times. That thankfully gets a laugh from Arturo, who lets me roll, and it turns out, I, I succeed. I, I make the guy chuckle where he goes, huh, and that's basically it. So he's not completely dead on the inside. Um, I forget how we pay for the beer, uh, but he gives us some coins back. One of the coins I say kind of looks like me. I'm like, hey, I'm royalty. So I decide to keep the coin. Um, and it's, the whole place is just kind of strange except for these girls that are in the back um, that are, that are uh, they're very dressed very colorfully, and they're the ones that are lively. And I think we try and talk to them. I don't know what happens. Uh, long story short, we end up going um, and finding some other guys. Um, it says that, uh, I've got some notes here. It says that we meet Ismark Kolyanovic. He's the burgomaster's son who asked for help taking his sister Irina to a safe place as she's being stalked by the devil Strahd himself, the powerful vampire lord of Barovia. He also tells us about an inconsolable lady whose cries can be heard all through the village. It's her daughter, Gertruda, who's been kidnapped by Strahd. And we find that out as we're walking past these houses, there's some lady just wailing away. And that's when, you know, I ask, like, what the hell's going on with her? And Ismark tells us, like, oh, yeah, the devil Strahd fucking took her, took her, her daughter. And I decide to yell up, it gets better, because we're heroes and we're here to save the day. So uh, he goes and takes us to, the, to their house and stuff. And that's where he brings us up to his sister's room. And, you know, he knocks and goes in. And uh, he, after he explains about the vampire stuff, everyone goes in except for me. And I'm waiting behind. And um, and they're all looking at me like, why aren't you going in? I'm like, I need to get invited in. 
And that was like a joke about vampires and stuff. And I mean, I did not think it was funny at all. And that made her pissed and she didn't like me immediately, which made me not like her. So anyway, we walk in and they're like, oh, you know, she wants, she won't leave until our father is buried. Our father is currently in the other room. So what are we going to do? And he tells them that there's a church there that's in the village. And we're like, oh, okay, maybe we can go and help you bury him or something. While they're doing this, I decide, I don't know how much I know these people or if I trust them. So I have my rogue sneak out, find the body, inspect the body, make sure there's no like bite marks or fang marks. Dude looks legit dead naturally. So I come back, sneak back into the room. And uh, we decide to go and take it to take the body all the way to this church. So once we go to the church, we meet the uh, one of the, the priests there, Father Donovic, who's in mourning because like his, something happened to his son. He's not really telling us. And finally he admits his son um, is trapped in the basement because he was bitten by a vampire and that he's turned. And so we're like, okay, maybe there's a way we can help this kid because apparently he's ravenous. He's going crazy. I'm like... What if we bleed out, not bleed out, if we take some of the blood from the priest and we kind of give that to kind of stave off some of the hunger and maybe we can talk to this kid? It's a really stupid plan, but let's just give it a shot. And so I empty out the water skin that has water. We go ahead and put in some of the blood. We, <laughs> the priest cuts his wrist. I try to do a medical roll. I end up making it worse. Pretty sure the dude got infected, which is just terrible. And so I believe it's me. And either there or nowhere, we walk down into this cellar. And there's the son just kind of in a corner, kind of like mumbling to himself. And we're like, hey, buddy, here's some blood. Maybe this will help you out. And I think we toss it to him. And then he kind of looks at it, sees that we didn't close the door behind us, and just jets past us. And so he, um, oh, that's right, it's Theron and I. And I think Noah was upstairs. And he, and while all this is happening, Rorik, the dragonborn paladin, is outside giving um giving a funeral thing he's doing the last rites and stuff and he specifically even told us when i proposed the idea this is a bad idea don't do this and so kid runs up nowhere tries to go and like teleport basically in front of the kid to try and catch him he misses and he just jets and he's off into the woods and all of a sudden there's all these wolves that surround the uh, church we're like oh this just went from bad to worse and so we pick up the thing of blood. The father is just hysterical because he's like, I lost my son. He's gone. Roar comes in after doing the funeral with Irina and Ismark and is like, what the hell, guys? What did I just say? And we're all like, oh, sorry, Dad. It was not a brilliant idea. And we're like, well, how the hell are we supposed to get away from these wolves? And... Um, and let's see what happens. Sorry, I got the notes here. Um... At, says that at some point I guess the wolves disper disperse and we head to um, Esmark go goes ahead and says hey we're going to go to Valakai that's where we need to take Irina that's where she's going to be safe we're like alright cool let's go ahead and do that so we go on on our way there was I don't know, probably wolves howling in the distance and stuff and we're you know we're all just super embarrassed that our first encounter with this kid and we fucking failed it was terrible uh, on the way we find this camp, and it's a Vistani camp. So it's basically like all these gypsy people. Uh, they're the, they're they're kind of like the people that have just kind of always been there, I guess. And there's this leader that they have. It's this old lady named Madame Eva. And she says that she's been inspecting us, and she offers to read our fortune. And what we learn during the fortune telling is that 
nowhere, Angelo's character is actually Barovian, originally named Radu Stranzi. So his character actually had a past there, um, which makes sense because earlier in the campaign, there was a dead body hanging that, according to nowhere, he said he recognized and thought it looked like him. And so, and then all of a sudden the body disappears, like the whole thing is just weird. So um, the whole, our party decides to go ahead and rest at that camp. And that's the end of our first session. Um, overall, the entire thing, uh, this was, you know, after, after the session was over, we were all just like, holy crap, that was a lot of fun. A lot of things happened. And just the whole concept of like being able to do whatever you want, say whatever you want, is just so damn fun. And I think what really made it fun, though, is our DM. A good DM can really just, I don't know, it, it makes a huge difference when you have a DM that's really committed. Uh, Arturo not only you know planned everything out and got the session all together, but he also like did voices and stuff, and he just really sold the campaign and just like he's very encouraging and it's I don't know, the whole thing is just a complete blast. And that's gonna gonna be it for me talking about the session, and just because you know I'm I'm gonna be doing this in parts, and I'm gonna be covering the different sessions that we've done. Um, but for now, I just want to do a quick like explain a quick episode about explaining you know what it's like to be a new player going into D and D, how we did it, and then you know what it was like to play our first session. Uh, from here on out, I do want to do more episodes about D and D, do little specials here and there. I want to be able to talk to some of the guys that are in my campaign. Uh, hopefully, talk to Arturo as well. That way, he can tell you what's like to be a DM. And yeah, the whole thing was just a blast. Uh, so again, just to uh, recap. If you're someone that really wants to get into D&D, um, the way that we did it again was finding some friends, going on Facebook, using the D&D group finder. Um, from there, once we were able to find that group and find that DM, we went on to dndbeyond.com, and that's how we were able to create our characters. Uh, if you want to make your custom minis, again, we went to Hero Forge. Um, as for where Arturo got the campaign... Uh, the campaign is by D- you know, Dungeons and Dragons. It's the Curse of Strahd. Originally, I thought he was doing his own thing that he made, which is called Homebrew. If you're not familiar with the term, uh, but it's actually he has an entire book that has every character in there, everything that could possibly happen, what each character's like, what the monsters are that you'll encounter. It's uh, the whole thing is just really cool. And yeah, that's about it for this session. Um, hope you know. Hopefully, like I said, there'll be more episodes in the future. But for now, that'll be it for today. Have a great one, and hopefully you go and play some D&D yourself. Bye.